Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing us, for setting us free. Of all that you've done for us, it's so easy for us to say that we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I hope that you've had a wonderful week, or at least a better week than what I've had. Um, still under the weather. I made it through last week without coughing. Might take a miracle to get through this week. Let's see how it goes. I'm excited that you've joined us this week, whether you're here in person or you're joining us online, as we finish out the Christmas playlist sermon series. And throughout the series, I hope that you've been able to see the biblical connections in some of your favorite Christmas songs. And today we're going to end with a classic. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a, is a name given to Jesus in Scripture, which means God with us. So today, we celebrate the fact that we serve a God who did not see us in our sin and move in the opposite direction, leaving us for dead. Instead, he came close to us through the person of Jesus Christ, through the incarnation, a word made flesh. It is, as C.S. Lewis said, the central miracle asserted by Christians to say that God became man. The good news that should lead us to great joy, as we talked about earlier in this series, is, and as we wrap things up, I want to share with you what this miracle means for us that that God decided to come near us through the person of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I want to have you think for a second. Uh, try and think of somebody who you knew who gave amazing hugs. For me, Sandra Taylor. Sandra, who some of you may know, some of you may not know, she was baptized right here in this church and then unfortunately has passed away. And I remember I, got, I had the privilege of doing her, her funeral. But Sandra, when she gave you a hug, you knew that she loved you. I mean, she, she, she went... I mean, there's nothing like Sandra's hugs. And it, it kind of reminds you, it makes the point that to receive a person's true amount of love, you had to be close enough to them to receive it in the form that it was given. I don't think anyone ever received a hug from Sandra who didn't know how much she loved them. Because God is close to us, we receive his love. And if you're new to the whole Jesus thing, hopefully you've already been told by someone in your life that, that he's loving. See, the love that God shows us comes in many different forms. When we read through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, we witness God showcasing his great love for all people. And ultimately, I would argue to you that throughout history, as observed in the scriptures, God is becoming closer and closer to his people 
in a sinful world. Let me show you what I mean, and, and to do that, let's go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 3. So the Lord banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord's God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. See, this is probably one of the saddest scriptures in the entire Bible. After mankind decides to disobey and to sin against God, God banishes them from the perfect harmonious relationship with him in the garden. People went from being in close proximity with God to being separated because of the curse of sin. But throughout the Old Testament, we see time and time again that, that God's grace comes to light as he cares for his people, Israel, by communicating to them certain leaders and messages to deliver those messages. In fact, John, also in Genesis chapter 12, we read this, the Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed. You. We referenced this verse earlier in this series as God talked to Abraham and makes a powerful promise about the future that he was going to send him. This is the beginning of God's plan of redemption that continues throughout biblical history. Take the passage that we looked at in Matthew earlier that we're looking at today. See, it's actually a quote from the Old Testament, from Isaiah chapter 7 that says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is promising that there will come a day when he, God himself, will put on flesh and will be with his people once again. God comes even closer to walk and to talk with his people through the person and through the ministry of Jesus. But what was it that Jesus said when he was nearing the end of his time here on earth? John chapter 16, he said, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Jesus sends us, the Holy Spirit, within all that we would, who would choose to follow the ways of Jesus here on earth, we receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I would say that God is getting pretty close. 
when the Holy Spirit lives within us, we're convicted about sinful things in our lives. We're led into a righteous and a holy life as Jesus modeled it for us. We have the power that rose Christ from the grave living within us. How amazing is that? One of my favorite passages in the entire Bible can be found in the final book of the book of Revelation. John has given a, a vision from God of what is to come. Revelation 21 says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things will be gone forever. There will come a day. There will come a day when God completes his plan of redemption and restoration. And when that time comes, all the sin that we see on this earth, all the sin that we see in our own lives will be no more. What a day, oh what a day that will be. Why do I share this? To say this, God shows his love in his proximity with people that don't deserve it. We don't deserve his love, but he still gives it to us anyways. We can know all the verses that make up the Gospels. We can memorize the entire Bible and still not understand it. Why? Because the key component is not just our role as sinners. The key component is God's role as Savior. If it wasn't for Jesus dwelling within us, as Matthew 1.23 told us, we simply would have no hope. But this Christmas, this Christmas season, if you have been searching for hope, he's here. He is a lamp unto our feet. Because God is close, we have light. God coming close through the birth of Jesus is related in all four of the gospel accounts. But one of the most unique is that of the Apostle John. In the opening chapter of that book, we hear the word light attached to the person of Jesus. The concept is important for us to understand as people who are living in a dark world. John chapter 1 says this, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent the man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus is light in the dark world that we live in. But if we do not allow him into our lives, 
We can never expect to experience that light for ourselves. Maybe you're here today and, and you, you've known a lot about Jesus for a long time. Maybe you can quote all the verses. Church attendance is impeccable. And you're even giving to the ministry. But throughout this series, maybe you've just felt a little tug on your heart that there is still a void in your heart that needs to be filled. Seeing the light is only the first step. The next step in the process is inviting this light to illuminate your life, too. See, this is, is the greatest step you can ever take. It's truly the reason that God has gotten close to his people, that he might have them back with him once again. Because when God is close, we can get close. When God is close to us and shows us love, God is close to us and is a true source of all light. It means that we, too, can become close to both him and to others. I want you to think a moment about when you first began your journey with Jesus, whenever that was recently or a long, long time ago. I want you to think about the people who came close to you in that process. See, for me, I got... I was a little church out in Moxville, and I was the young guy there. I brought the average age down to about, oh, 65 or so. Um, and Amy's grandmother was the piano player at that church. First time I ever went there, I was sitting with her, and then she was like, all right, I'm getting up to go play the piano, and then I was sitting there by myself. But that didn't last for long. There was an older couple the name of Roy and Lou, who came, switched seats, and sat down right beside me. And that happened week after week. They never wanted me to sit by myself. They were people that as I was growing into a relationship with Jesus, they wanted to make sure that I was never alone. They loved me, even though they knew that there was probably things I still was doing that I shouldn't be doing. They didn't point out those errors. They just loved me. See, God coming close to us is meant to inspire us to be close to others. Maybe you've been listening today and you felt God placing someone on your mind or on your heart who's far from him. Maybe you've been praying for them. Maybe you've been praying for a long time for whoever that is. God is inviting you to take a step out of your comfort zone, to get close to them, that, that they may experience the love of God through you. Sometimes we are the best example of the gospel, but so often I think we're often maybe one of the worst examples of the gospel. We need to work on being that good example. It's much easier said than done sometimes, but it's worth it in the end. We're called to share the good news with others and to reflect the light of Christ in our lives to a tired and to a weary world. Matthew chapter 5 says, You are the light of the world. 
like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Not only, not only is Jesus the true light that came into this world, but he calls us to get close to others, to share his light, to reflect his presence. So go and be the light of the world. This means that we have to go into some of the darkest parts of the world to bring light, to bring illumination. It means maybe we, we go and we have coffee with someone that we, quite frankly, don't even really like. We don't really want to be associated with, but we go to show God's light to them. This means that we reach out to the least of these, as the Bible would tell us. It means that we get involved in ministries that are far beyond our comfort zone for the sake of light being spread to people. We get close to others just as Christ has come close to us. He, after all, he is Emmanuel, God with us forever and always. Let's take a moment to focus on that last point, that he is God with us. Consider for a moment that he is not God way out somewhere else looking in on us or God keeping us at arm's length away, but rather he is a God with us, near to us. This process of closeness has unfolded over hundreds of years as, as God has continued to move towards humanity, not to move away from us. With that in mind, I want you to invite you to consider how close he is to you at this very moment. For those of you who may feel that he has forgotten about you or that he has moved on from you, for those of you who may feel that he wouldn't want anything to do with you because of what you've been do doing in your life or have done in your life. For those who've let their light dim over the years. Or maybe you've put it under a bushel. We sing together today, O come, O come, Emmanuel, because God is with us. This Christmas, next Christmas, forever and always, he is with us. May you be filled with joy, hope, and comfort as you consider the unfailing love of God. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for coming close to us. Thank you for sending Jesus to live among us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit as our advocate. Thank you for not moving farther and farther away from us or hiding your face from us. Thank you for walking with us, ministering to us, and healing our wounds. We celebrate you this Christmas. We celebrate you, Emmanuel, God.
with us. Amen.